1: No purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> <Watching me>. Bye-bye! <laughs>
2: Pull the mask off, people aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside, you rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie.
1: Hey! hey. Check this out. I always feel, like oh, I always feel like underhanded, unscrupulous, and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother.
0: Hey, welcome. It's the Big Brother After Show, uh with your host Sam. I am in fact Sam. I am. You don't realize how many times you hear that joke when you're uh when your name's Sam. It's pretty ridiculous. But anyway, uh I am your host. I'm always your host for the Big Brother After Show. I want to thank you all for joining me. Of course, this is our late Sunday show that we do. As you know, we do a th- we do a Thursday night show uh, about 30 minutes after the East Coast eviction. Uh, And we really like doing that show Because we get everything really up to date Spoilers that have been going on Everything's kind of caught up Because you're not watching pre-recorded programming at that point You're kind of seeing edited versions of it And in the live boat, of course, you know We're going right into a a live HOH So things kind of start fresh on Thursdays But we do a Sunday show To kind of reach out, talk to you guys Kind of catch up on what the rumors and spoilers are Of late since Thursday Kind of gives you an opportunity to talk about You know HOH winners, as we saw tonight, you know, their POVs, um, you know, their uh, selections. By the way, does anybody really miss the uh, nomination wheel? I do. I don't know why they've gone to the electronical thing, and I think they did that because of Battle of the Block and how it kind of tangles up a lot with the um, time frame. You know, when, when you're doing Battle of the Block, which I'm not a fan of, and we all know that. Uh, And I don't think you are either. I'm going to take a wild guess on that. But, um, you know, when you do Battle of the Block, you've got a lot of uh, fast-moving things going. You know, you've got Battle of the Block, you've got nominations, you've got, first of all, you've got your two HOHs, then you have your Battle of the Block, then you have have your nominations, then you have the Battle of the Block, then you have the one nomination, then you have the POV. And by the time it all gets done, I mean, you're talking about a lot of stuff really, really being crammed into a couple of days really over the weekend and and that's one of the reasons why i've never been a fan of battle of the block i think it gives less time for people to make deals and to plea for their ability to stay in the house or to turn on another person or whatever because they're just so damn busy waiting for the next shoe to drop um but i think to go back to the original point i think they were doing the electronical thing uh to kind of speed up that process because you got to admit uh you don't know what you got till it's gone, and although you know i'm i'm I miss the nomination wheel, it was a big uh i want not say boring part of the show, but it was one of those things when you didn't know who was nominated, it was really exciting to see um and when you already knew who was going to be nominated or it was obvious, it's one of those things where you kind of just want to get it over with um but you know I miss it it's part of the tradition of the show, you know I was watching it tonight, and I was like, you know I really. Really miss that traditional nomination wooden wheel. That was always fun to see keys locked in there and people being nervous as they came out. Now the anxiety and the um, you know just the intensity, intensity of waiting for your key to be pulled, uh, kind of it kind of is anticlimactic now. I really really wish we should start a campaign. I mean you guys can start a campaign for anything, right? Why don't you let's start a campaign to bring the nomination wheel back? I'm going to start it on Twitter. I want everybody to join up. I want, you know, I don't know what, I don't even understand if we need to do a hashtag for it, or maybe a website, maybe raise some money, maybe a GoFundMe. I don't know. I don't even know. (laughs) It just seems like everybody's doing a GoFundMe. But anyway, we need to bring that nomination wheel back, man. I'm going to lead the charge for that, because I think it's an integral part of the show. It's something that's always been a huge part of uh, what we've seen and watched and what we love and And uh, people really need to get behind that movement. Anyway, hey, listen, it's a live show. You guys can chat, send me a chat, send me a message, send me a tweet, uh, tweet at BB After Show. Um, And then, you know, on Facebook, uh, Big Brother After Show, uh, we're the only one on on Facebook or Twitter. Um, And, uh, of course, you know, you can call in, you know. It's not hard, folks. I already got one on hold. Nine one seven eight eight nine seven zero eight four. Originally, the show is really supposed to be about, and it didn't end up being this way. But it's about you guys calling in, making your comments. You were supposed to be the show. You're supposed to be the ones that call in, make your comments, say what you want to say. You know, if you want to ask me a question, how I feel about something, or you want to tell me I'm wrong about a point, that's what the show was actually set up for. And what it's kind of turned into is that a lot of you guys seem to enjoy listening we've got a good viewership you're not the only one trust me if you're sitting at your computer listening uh there's a quite a number of a few hundred people that listen along with you so you're one of a one of a a, one person one one soldier in a large army but uh it is open for you guys to call I can't stress that enough and I probably don't do it well enough because the last couple of seasons you just kind of get used to doing your talking thing and and you kind of you know you make the callers a, a part of it but Please call in nine one seven eight eight nine seven zero eight four. Have your voice heard. Make your comment. You don't have to stay on long. Some people I drag it out a little while just because I enjoy talking to them. You know, Mr. California, Miss Chicago I always like to call, and they're staples of the show. So we talk a little longer than usual, but you don't have to be on the air very long. I promise. You can say what you want to say, and say you're going to hang up, and I'll let you. Um, so, you know, I want to I want to stress that it is a a interactive show. And again, nine one seven eight eight nine seven zero eight four. You'll also see. The ability, if you're looking at the Blog Talk Radio platform where there's an option to chat, I do have the chat up. You're more than welcome to. And I do get often messages. In fact, every show I get messages. So you'll just just jump right in. Have a good time. Anyway, um, so what did tonight equal up? What did this week equal up to, guys? I wish I could tell you that there's so much going on and so much happening and it's so exciting. In reality, this is just a slow death of Vanessa um now to go back into everything that we saw which you guys already know about becky wins hoh we talked about that thursday night live um we got to we got to kind of be on the air when that happened which was cool i kind of reported to you guys what was going on with the comp and who was winning what and, and whatnot uh, and that's always fun to do it makes the show go a little longer for me um but hopefully you guys can't tell it and it just flies by um uh, but we know becky won hoh and uh yeah, you know, what was interesting is you know I kind of follow through the show, although I follow spoilers and I and I and I watch the feeds here and there, um, and I kind of try to make these notes, you know, just because I don't want to be dead air. Um, but you know, I'm starting to realize that Johnny Mac knows what he's doing. I also want to point something out. Somebody had said on Facebook that you know about Johnny Mac and Becky, and you know why doesn't Becky like Johnny Mac? Listen, you know when Clay came out of the house, Clay said. When he was interviewed, he said, uh, Johnny Mac and, and uh, Becky do have a relationship, and it's the second relationship in the house. So I don't know what he means with Austin and Liz, maybe because he knows maybe Austin and Liz are not serious on one half. The other one it is. But he stated that, you know, Johnny Mac and Becky do have a relationship and that they are very into each other and that they do have a very serious flirt romance kind of thing going. And so... You know, this has been edited out to us. You know, I don't recall anything other than what was mentioned today by Steve, which I'm going to get to. I thought it was very smart where he was talking about how, you know, if you go to jury, you have to make your move on Becky. Um, I think everybody was kind of like, well, wait a minute, hit the brakes a little bit. Where did this come from? My understanding is that there's been a there's been a interest, if anything, between Johnny Mack and Becky, and uh, that Becky winning is is really kind of puts him in a good position, as we've seen. So I wouldn't be so surprised that the relationship's going on. You know, I have read about some Fleur Manson going on and them talking about a lot of things and kind of getting close. And for some way, for some reason, weird reason, you know, Big Brother production decides to edit that out. What are we going to do about it? You know, we can only talk about it. It's kind of like James's HOH uh, room. You know, gets edited out and nobody kind of sniffs the thing about it. Um, but we're going to talk about a little bit about you know. A big The uh, HOH, the nominations, and we also know who won POV, and I'm going to spread that little rumor to you and that spoiler. Uh, but also later on I'm going to break down my top ten winners of all time. And you know what's funny is uh, winners are really hard to break down. You can say players all day long because there's so many players that you feel like should have won, uh, so many players that play well enough to win, but because of some certain cir- circumstance they didn't get it. Um, but when you talk about winners, that list gets really, really difficult. And I'm not saying that Big Brother doesn't have great winners, but put a pin to it and tell me what you think when you get done. Put me to, You know what? Put your top ten winners on Twitter. Put your top ten winners on Facebook. I'm curious to see how difficult you find it to kind of be, uh, not only because, you know, some winners are are just really – when you see my list, you'll know. I mean, we shouldn't even be discussing this. We're, but that's going to come up at the end of the show. I uh, always like to do something kind of special. And that's my show special for the day. We're going to do a top ten winners. Um, anyway, to get current, like I was saying, uh, Johnny Mack's kind of realizing a lot of things. Now, we saw where Johnny Mac kind of got that thing going with James and Clay. Now, we obviously see that Clay in his last couple of hours, why they don't show this last week, I don't know. Uh, I guess maybe they didn't want to reveal that Clay was definitely going home. But, uh, you know, we kind of see where there's some issues, you know, with Clay being a kind of a poor sport. Uh, not being happy, maybe he's trying to throw himself out, get himself voted out so Shelly stays. Um, But I thought it was interesting that, you know, Johnny Mack basically approaches Clay and says, you know, look, you going home is not good for me. Uh, You know, Shelly going home is better for me because I feel like Vanessa's got a hold on Shelly. Well, he's right. I think Vanessa definitely has a hold on Shelly, and I think that Vanessa's definitely dangerous for Johnny Mack's game because Vanessa is erratic. Now, we keep saying this over and over and over. I like Vanessa's gameplay until she's HOH. Every other time that she's playing the game, if you'll notice, any time between HOH she really plays really well. I mean, she knows kind of a plan that she's sticking to. She knows kind of what's going on. She's kind of, it's kind of like her little move to save Shelly, you know, those things. She does a good job with that stuff, whether you like it or not. But when she becomes HOH, she begins to panic. And she really, really kind of loses it, and it's really hard to like her. Um, it's really hard to keep up with her, and she does a lot of twisting and turning. I mean, you know, you ever, you know, you lovers out there ever lay with somebody in bed that kicks you all night? She kind of does that. I mean, she, you know, you may love her, and you may, you know, you may love him, and he's sleeping in bed. And, you know, you love her, and oh man, I love him. So they kick you all night long, and you're like, please stop. You're, I can't even be around you. I can't even sleep with you anymore. I just can't do it. And Vanessa's doing that. She's just making anyone who lays in bed with her uncomfortable. She's kicked people around. She has acted erratically. She has been very dramatic. And you know what surprises me? As for someone who is a good poker player, Vanessa has been awful at keeping her emotions in check. I mean, I know of people who play poker. I'm a gambler myself. I'm not a huge poker player. But I love to gamble, you know, and everything. But I know quite a few poker players. I've been around. I'm not new to things, you know. Um, And any of them will tell you, you you always keep your emotions in check. I mean, that's one of the biggest things. You've got to be ice cold, or you have to deflect things to make people think something else. It's very much a strategy game. And this is a woman who's won millions, millions of dollars playing poker, yet can't keep her emotions in check in this house. And I really am almost curious to watch her play poker. I mean... How does she keep it cool when she loses a hand? I mean, when she loses a big pot, does she cry? I mean, I'm blown away. I mean, you know, uh, she must be able to really just focus on poker and treat it something completely different, I guess. But every time she faces adversity or someone or just a little, you know, something happens between people, an argument or a disagreement or a misunderstanding, Vanessa, just like Johnny Mac says, goes from zero to ten. And her and her level of just anxiety is overwhelming to the point where I don't know that it's really what she's done in the game to get her in trouble. I don't know that it's putting up Jason or thinking about backstabbing Jackie after their agreement or maybe even putting up Austin. I don't think it's any of that. I think it's I think that's what you're going to paint it as, and, of course, that's what they're going to. But I think it's just more that you just cannot live with somebody like that. You can't trust somebody like that. You can't play a game with somebody like that. You don't want to be on the other end of her, and you don't want to be in her alliance because you don't know what she's going to do because she will freak out. And so, you know, we see this where Johnny Mac says this to Clay. Clay says something to Vanessa. Vanessa makes the stupidest move by confronting James about it. The first thing that she should have done was gone and talked to Johnny Mac and said, look, you know, are you hearing things about me wanting to get you out? I know that I'm. You think I'm in. You know, me and Shelley are really close. Um, but I want you to know that I'm. You're not my target. And you know, who told you that? And I think Johnny Mac would have said, "Really, no one." That's something I was afraid of. I mean, he said it in front of Vanessa already, as we saw tonight. He wouldn't have been afraid to say it to Vanessa, which I was really surprised about. You know, he could have painted somebody else as the guilty party, but he didn't. He took full blame for. It. He's like, no, that's how I feel. Like I'm worried that you are a little too influential on Shelley, and it kind of makes me nervous. And I don't think – I don't know that it was smart for him, but he's in a good position, and maybe he felt like he could say it. But I was really kind of blown back that he felt like he could completely just tell the truth and, and that he would be fine, and it ended up being okay. So he's right, much to my surprise. But, you know, he comes out and he says all this stuff, and I think Vanessa just really should have been cool. If there's anything I could tell Vanessa – anything I could ever send her a message under the door or throw like a pineapple with a letter on it over a fence I would just tell her Vanessa be effing cool just be cool what is wrong just be cool like I don't care if you're panicking on the inside be cool because the minute that she goes and talks to James things blow up things blow up between James and Clay as we saw that probably hurt Clay's potential to stay in the house when they were thinking about kind of ignoring his request to go home and that's probably where this unanimous vote came from that kind of puzzled us all last week you know we were all kind of surprised that it's unanimous you know i thought somebody for sure would keep clay meg somebody but i think that that outburst and the way that clay kind of just went out and ratted on johnny Mack, and how he kind of just acted like he didn't give a damn when people approached him about it i think it all hurt clay At the end of the day, I think it's what probably got that unanimous vote set up, Um, and so we saw that all happen and unfold, and I think from that point on, you know, it just kind of became Vanessa, it just completely comes unraveled, her game's unraveling, she's kind of losing control, and like I said, I hate it, because I don't know how you guys felt, let me know, 917-889-7084, but I feel like... I felt like she was a good game player. I felt like Vanessa had every potential to win the game. I think Vanessa's biggest problem right now is not realigning herself when James won H. O. H. You escaped you escaped one one very destined you know, nomination from James. You really should have your, made your major realignments. You should have just said, you know what, Shelly's kinda of dead, I need to kind of patch everything over, kinda of maybe make a new alliance somewhere or wherever. But again, as she goes, you know, she's approaching Becky, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but she approached Becky about a deal, and Becky won't have it. Why won't Becky have it? Because Vanessa's too erratic. And she won't be cool about anything. And it's really hurting her gameplay. Um, Let's see. One of the things I was talking about was... uh, I think it was really, really kind of smart, and I don't know if Johnny Mac's plan was to pit Shelly against Vanessa, but if anything, he planted some doubt very much doubt in Shelley's head. You know, I mean, now Shelley's kind of thinking, wait a minute, Vanessa's in my head. I'll show you. I think it probably created a little bit of doubt. We know that Shelley and Vanessa are not, I mean, as much as they want to be on good terms, we know they're not. There's too much that's been said. You can forgive but not forget. I think that they're willing to move forward with each other. But you saw, as soon as Becky was telling, you know, Shelley, hey, Vanessa's my target, Shelly's like, cool. You know, there wasn't any, how did I talk you out of it? There wasn't any, well, yeah, but can I just make a mention about Austin or can I make a mention about Steve or, or, you know, whatever. Because you already know Becky and Steve are having issues. You could have really painted it on Steve, but you kind of said, okay, which is the right gameplay. It's the right gameplay for Shelly. You need to protect your alliance, but not at a point now where really it's starting to fall apart anyway. It's not really gaining any ground. You're not winning HOHs right now. You might as well just go ahead and roll with it. Shelly did the right thing. But you can tell that the loyalty is kind of there when it's convenient, but not really when it's needed to be. I still think Shelly and uh, Shelley and Vanessa obviously are going to split. Um, so right now where we're at is a POV competition. And, you know, i got to give Steve a lot of credit, too, before I go into this because some of you already know who won POV. i got to give Steve a lot of credit. Um, I think Steve's playing really, really well. Um I think he's doing really, really well socially. Um, But I think what ended up happening is uh, Steve's coasting pretty well. He's not the target. And then he wins that POV. That's right. Steve wins POV. And I think it kind of falls apart on him a little bit because that POV starts to make people think a little bit about Steve and like, well, he's kind of scaring me. You know, are you telling me that he can kind of win when he needs to, when he's on the block, kind of like a Johnny Mac? And yet, I don't see any loyalty from this guy, other than I see him and Vanessa talk, I see him and Liz, kind of him and Julia flirt. Ah, uh, you know, Steve scares me, and you're starting to hear that rumor go. That kind of thing starts to tremble through the house, where now that Steve has won POV and taken himself off the block, the plan is the back door of Vanessa. God bless her, she has no idea what's going on. She's just coasting. She thinks that, you know, they're going to put up Johnny Mac. Where she thinks Johnny Mac is going to be put up is beyond me. Of course, they're going to do a plan to put out Johnny Mac without any idea that she's actually the target. Um, But, you know, Steve wins that BVM. Give him a lot of credit. In fact, I ranked him really high in the power rankings last week, if you remember. Um, I think Steve is playing a really good game, but... They're starting to give him the kind of that Ian, you know, he's been mentioned as being kind of a hybrid of Ian and Dan, uh, where he's kind of sneaky and doing his thing. He's really smart, and they think that he can really compete when he needs to. He's starting to scare Becky. And uh, if one of those guys wins HOH again, Becky, uh, of course, not being able to play, but Jackie, uh, you know, Johnny Mac, um, and uh, Meg, huh, like she's going to win. Maybe James that, you know, it's very possible that Steve makes them nervous enough where Steve goes up maybe next to Shelly again in the double eviction. Who knows? Who knows? I think the best thing that we can get is Shelly winning <laughs> winning next week. Or, I'm sorry, on the second uh, double eviction, Shelly winning. I mean, can you imagine? Becky gets this one, it's going to be a double eviction. Man, Becky's like, holy cow. This thing goes on, you know, Vanessa goes home if that's the target seems to be, I think, everything's going to work out that way. Vanessa goes home. My God, Shelley will. Shelly stays another week, and if she wins this HOH and give her plenty good odds, I'm telling you, I like to bet on gamble. I like to gamble on sports betting, and I would give Shelly some kick-ass odds to pull off that double eviction second HOH and turn the tables a little bit and maybe go after, you know, maybe go after James and Becky be very very interesting take another shot back at that side of the house weaken them again if this keeps going this way things are going to get really great because it's going to be a it's going to be shot after shot after shot so i actually give shelly and it looks like she's going to make it through another one i mean two evictions where shelly will survive that only empowers her folks i think that only makes her stronger I think she comes back and wins this HOH because she has to. Um, And Vanessa, you know, being the other competitor, of course James will be there too, but there won't be any deals made and there won't be anything where Shelly's going to believe anybody telling her anything if it's an endurance comp again. Shelly's going to fight for that. I mean, blood, 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 blood. She's going to go for it. She's going to go for a jugular. And it's going to be some serious business. So I actually give Shelly complete odds on winning the second half of this double eviction. And then we've got to consider, too, that we're also going to have people returning from jury, you know. I mean, we've got uh, Clay missed jury. This one will be a jury. So Vanessa will go to jury. Interesting. If Shelly goes home, she'll be in the jury. Interesting. What would be really great, like I said, for viewership purposes is if Shelly stays, wins the second part of HOH, and sends James home or to jury house and we get I mean we get a pick of like four really good players to come back. One of them comes back and it's just it needs to be the right one at the right time. I think we're gonna have four really strong players that are going to be competing to come back. And you might actually see a returning player competition that is worth a damn this year. I mean usually they're just awful. I mean a Cole winning last year was just like put your head through a wall, right? put your head through a wall. I know people get upset about that, but really, what was Nicole going to do when she came back? Come on. I don't know. I don't understand the Nicole fandom. Anyway, and no no offense to anyone who is, but I don't understand it. It doesn't mean that we can't be friends. I just don't get it. But anyway, so, you know, we can actually get a really great returning, you know, returning guest from jury that's really, I mean, where you would say, you know what, I'll take any four of them. It's gonna be good, folks. I mean, this—I'm telling you—the this season has started to pick up. It will continue to pick up. I think it could really, really, really muster into a really great season. Um, so here we are with this situation. Now, listen—you know what I got to do? I got to go to break because I'm trying not to do. I've been told our shows are going a little long, so I'm trying to make them tighter. So what I'm gonna do. We've talked about this week. We talked about what's going on. It's just Vanessa's death march. I mean, she's dead lady walking at this point. Not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, it would have to be, I, I think, a miracle uh, for Vanessa to really stay in this house. Steve has one POV, and he's going to take himself off the block. Shelly's already up. Vanessa's the target. And unless the house flips on, you know, unless the house flips on him and goes against Shelly, I mean, either one you lose. It's a big shot to that other side of the house, so it doesn't really matter. But I think Vanessa is on her way out. Like I said, it's just the crying you know, the whining, the every time kind of she gets caught up in something, she kind of flips out. Um, and I think it's just worn everybody so incredibly thin that they just can't take it anymore. And so she's totally the person that I see going home. So listen, folks, we're going to take a little commercial break because i got to do those. And then we're going to go to our our caller. I think it's Mr. California. We're going to see what he has to say about what's going on so far. We're going to see what he has to say about Vanessa being the, the backdoor target. We're going to see what he has to say about, well, whatever he wants to talk about. I mean, we still got stuff going on with Liz and Austin. I kind of think Liz likes Austin a little bit, guys. I know she said some things that upset him. I think she said that she didn't like his ponytail and his beard. I think she said it was gross or something. And well, how long do you think it will take him to shave his face and hair? How long? Probably, probably in the process as we speak. If somebody's on the live feed let me know, is Austin shaving his face and his hair? Uh, off, because apparently she's made a comment about she didn't like that, and now Austin has gotten his feelings hurt, and uh, is having a hard time accepting that, Um, but I kind of think she likes him a little bit, she's made some comments, I think she's defending it, I think she's playing a game to her sister, so her sister doesn't give her a hard time about it, I think Liz might like him a little bit, but not enough, believe it guys, hey guys know, that's how it goes, sometimes you women, you know, you say you like somebody a lot, You don't like them as much as we think you like them. Sometimes we're in love with you while you're in love with somebody else. That's just how it goes. Hey, folks, stay tuned. It's the Big Brother After Show. Give me a call if you want to talk. 917-889-7084. Got one on hold already. Got to go to commercial. When I come back, we'll be talking to Mr. California.
1: Stay tuned, folks.
0: Where's Jill?
1: She's really lonely and out walking the cornfield again.
0: Do you think they will ever find this true love?
1: Not hanging out with us all day. We used to be lonely. Until we met on Farmers Only. FarmersOnly.com is the new online dating site for farmers, ranchers, and good old country folks. You don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. City folks, just don't get it. I had a way today.
0: There, I like that song I think it's Ely Gold or something like that I think it's a great song Um, Listen We've got a caller on the line we're going to go to And you know him And you know He made me promise And we talked about this last week he He made me promise him He said, listen I want an intro song You don't ever give me an intro song And for those of you who Didn't listen last week, shame on you Go back and listen. Your listens promote the show. We get more listens, we get bigger crowds, and we go larger and bigger than our dreams ever imagined. But you're basically, if you're not listening on Thursday nights, you're crushing people's dreams here. Okay? Is that? Do you want to be a dream crusher? I hope not. That's just not good on you. It doesn't look good on you. But uh, he told me he said, you know, look, I need an intro song. I said, my God, what do I think of an intro song for this guy? He's charismatic. He's smart. He's funny. He calls. He's one of the staples of the show. He's been there from the beginning. I love it when he calls. So he's always got some informative information, and he loves Survivor. And there's some debate on whether or not I might do a Survivor show this year. I don't. I don't even want to think about that right now. It's possible. I've been asked if I want to keep extending the show to Survivor. We'll see. And you know, I got, I got time. Not that I don't have time. I'm I got more time than most people do. But uh, that's a lot that's a long road to go. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Please welcome my friend and yours, Mr California. California. California, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Well, I didn't realize I was Tupac. Nah, yeah, man, uh, yeah. I just, you know what, I'm telling you something. I was born in 19 uh, something, and this song was right about the time I was uh, right around high school. This song was uh-huh. everybody's. Everybody loved this song, man. California Love by Tupac, one of the greatest songs ever written. If you like rap, oh yeah. And it's yours now. I'll it's your nice. title, man. It is your
2: time. I, I must have been like six or seven when that came out.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> we don't want to talk about that. Anyway.
0: Um I don't I, I know I know that you haven't seen the show tonight, but I, I wanted to know, um, do you think this is dangerous if she, it looks like Vanessa's the target. A, do you think that Vanessa's the right target right now? And B, do you think it's a mistake to let Shelley go another week?
2: Well, honestly, I would I would rather have either of them go, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I'd rather have either of them go I mean, like, But I think you should get rid of Shelly first. Yeah,
0: I mean Shelly's Shelley's just determined, and she's hell bent now that Clay's been sent out, and so I think she's dangerous. But you gotta admit, though, I mean, you know, Vanessa is a is just freaking out. She's a she's a bottle of paranoia with a blonde hairdo. And it's like every time something kind of goes on in the house, she flips out. I mean, who can trust somebody like that? I mean, that would be somebody that I would be scared to
2: trust, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. It would be like being a mental institution.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you know, there's a little bit of a fight or a disagreement or a misunderstanding, and she's off the handle telling everybody in the world what she's upset about and how it's unfair and, Nobody should should talk to her that way. It's not right. She helped them out, and this—it's uh, just like you know—you've just got to shut up sometimes. A, a, a real, real, real critical rule in life is knowing when to shut the hell up, and I don't think Vanessa's gotten that class. I mean, I, I'm just—oh, let me ask you this. i was going to ask you something else, and I want to get your opinion on it because you're a longtime Big Brother fan. You watch, you watch the seasons. You love it. What, do you miss the nomination wheel? The what? The old nomination wheel with the key that turned in it.
2: You know, where they would oh, yeah. give out the key necklaces and all that? Yeah. Yeah. I miss that, and I miss... I hate how they had them on the TV. It's like, it's like, what is this? Is this is this like um, Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune or something?
0: It is weird. I mean, it, you know, there was that intense situation where, you know, if you didn't watch the live feeds or if you were somebody who didn't like spoilers, and I've got friends who just tell me, I know that you're on the inside, and you know all these spoilers. I don't want to know them. Do not tell me, and so they'll listen to my show next week, but um you know, I'm like,, hey, these you know missing this this nomination wheel, if you didn't know what was going on and you didn't pay attention to spoilers, that nomination wheel would come out, and you would be on pins and needles as people turn the key and put on the necklace and turn the key, and then finally you would realize who the two nominees are, and it was just very dramatic and it was very intense. And I don't know why they took that away. I'm only guessing that they took it away because Battle of the Block took so much time up that they didn't have time to fit in a nomination, Will. Or do you think – it looks like this is what we're going to be stuck with for the rest of the rest of our time watching Big Brother. It's a stupid TV. Can I tell you
2: know what else I missed besides that? What's that? I miss the original intros where it shows – like the people coming, getting out of, the, or evicted coming out of the house. Yeah. because it makes it so confusing. It's like, it's like is Jason on the house?
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, there's a lot of things that they've changed. I think for the worst, and we, I think we both talked about that. Um, and I just, you know, what? I think a really, you know, really great season to me is season ten with Dan. I thought it was dramatic. I thought it had strategy. It's, I think, I, I rate it as one of the best seasons they've ever done. And I think it was just because it was back to basics. That was the whole thing. It was like, we're done with Twist. Season 10, we're just going to bring in players and let them play. And it ended up being, to me, one of the better seasons. And I wish they, they would just kind of go back to basics. You know, that would be a great twist for me because I haven't seen a basic season of Big Brother since, gosh, seven seven years? Seven seasons. It's a long time not to have your back to basics types of show where you're just going back to the way it was played originally. And that kind of bothers me. And almost like... I think we've gotten away from what is fun about Big Brother and tried to just muck it up so bad. I mean, you see what I'm saying on that?
2: Oh yeah. And you know, I just uh being honest, I really I really think I really think if they choose to do an all stars version they should go back to the old format and not do Battle of the Block.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. But I, I hope that Battle of the Block ended I have to believe that there was a lot of Twitter backlash. I have to believe that there was a lot of complaints about this Battle of the Block happening again this season because they did end it, which they were going to do anyway, but I hope we never see that again. I really hope they listen. I'll I, I tell you what, Mr. California, I've I've realized more more and more the older I get that that CBS and production really does not listen to fans. They really don't sure. listen to us. And, you about- know, it's kind of bad. I think they listen to you guys more on Survivor than they do on Big Brother because I like how Survivor – like, I like how they did the the heroes versus villains. I like how they do their themes. I like the themes of Survivor. I like, you know, where where they might do an all-woman tribe or whatever. Like, I like that. Like, I like how they're not afraid to do a theme. And I hate that Big Brother just refuses to do one no matter how often we request, you know, an all-female house or – you know, evil versus good, or, you know, runner-ups. I mean, they just refuse to, like, give in to those kind of things, and I think it's really hurting the show a lot. I wish they would listen more to what fans want. I think we would help them improve the show dramatically, b- despite what they believe. Didn't
2: What's they so? have i uh, oh, I'm sorry, you were going to say? No, 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 please, go ahead. Didn't they have, a, like, a uh, season of Big Brother where they had like... Like, exes come in or, like, people who knew each other?
0: Yeah, yeah, that was season, that was actually season four. And I, you know what, I thought the concept was great. It was an okay season, but, you know, having all these people in a house that really have uh, unfinished business and being angry at each other made for a really intense atmosphere, and it was really great for the first couple of weeks. I think they should go back to doing things like that. You know, the social twist to me like that, where it's an exes or you know, something about not having closure or, you know, even having a America's player in it or something. To me that always helps things a lot. These game twists to me kinda of ruin it. I mean I don't I don't like the bow of the block and I don't like M V P and I don't like three nominees and all that like they've done that for the last couple of seasons or a golden key, if you remember in season thirteen, they did one where after you you would win a golden key if you survived your eviction and you were safe for four weeks, and it was like, that's stupid. Why do I want to watch somebody win a Golden Key and not play for four weeks and not try, because they're good? I mean, it's just the most ridiculous twist that they come up with. I wish they would listened to us a little bit more. You know, I wish they would realize that fans really have the best interest of Big Brother at heart, and and they just don't seem to. They just don't seem to. But anyway, we got to get off of that. But now, as I said, Vanessa's the target, and you're saying that Vanessa or Shelley going home is good for you, but tell me how well do you think do you think Steve's playing a good game, or do you are you not buying that Steve's playing a good game?
2: I still don't know who the hell Steve is, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, you kill me, Steve, you know what they're calling they're getting they're getting kind of weird with Steve because they think Steve is a hybrid of Dan and uh, and Ian. Now, I don't see it. I, just because the guy's a super fan and wears glasses doesn't make him Ian. Uh, although I don't hold Ian very high regard as a winner personally, and, and people will see that on my list later on. But, you know, I think he's playing a pretty decent game. I think Johnny Mac's playing a good game too. Um, but is there anybody you think that you see right now that's kind of in the lead, somebody you see that could win this thing? as we're almost to the halfway point?
2: Johnny, oh, Johnny Mack.
0: Johnny Mack, yeah. Yeah, he's playing really well. Is John? I think I just have a feeling that Johnny Mack can win an HOH if he has to. Yeah. And, uh, we know he can win a P.O.
2: You know what? I actually, on one of the episodes, I saw Johnny Mack, Kiss, and Becky, so it doesn't surprise me that they're together. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people on Facebook talking about well when did oh this happen with Johnny Mack and Becky. And I think that Big Brother for some reason has decided to edit that down. I don't know what their process was on that, but they've really downplayed that relationship but when Clay got out of the house in his in his exit interview, they were asking him about Johnny Mac and Johnny Mack uh and Becky and he was saying, Look, Johnny Mac and Becky are very much a couple. They just don't show it as much as we as me and Shelley did, but they're very much a couple and they're probably the second most solid couple in the house And that was surprising to me Because they've hit it really well Or either it's been edited very well But when I read spoilers or I watch feeds I really don't see them having that type of relationship So maybe they're just hiding it really, really well
2: But I'm like you I'm not I really like surprised Like how they hit James um, On um, HOH room Yeah Yeah Yeah, exactly I don't know, I don't know
0: but let me ask you this. We got double eviction coming up. I think we're going to see Vanessa go home. I mean, it's I mean, really like I tell people, people want to hear this these great, you know, in-depth spoilers and all this other stuff. This week's really just been about Vanessa being a screw-up. And this week's really uh-huh. been about Vanessa not being able to control her emotions and pretty much just scaring the rest of the house because she's so erratic and she's so emotional. But let's say Vanessa goes home. Who do you think will win that second part of that double eviction Thursday night? Like, who no, would you I... like to see win? How about, how about who would you like to see win that double eviction second HOH Thursday night?
2: James, James or Johnny Mack?
0: Ah, see, I'm gonna go with Shelley. I just I want to see a, I want to see her throw her shot back at the other side because we're getting to that point where I really really want to see some people getting into it. And I think that if she were to like, if Shelly were to win that second part of that H O H, and put up James and maybe like Becky or something like that, that it would just cause a huge fight. I just, I just could see the dramatics happening because Shelly really doesn't have anyone now that Vanessa's going. If Vanessa goes home, Shelly really doesn't have anyone because Austin and the twins are kind of floating on their own right now, and you know. I see her kind of throwing a punch back at James uh, for sure and probably Becky for sending Vanessa home. Do you not see an interest in maybe Shelley winning or are you just totally turned off to Shelly
2: at this point? Well, I mean, also you want Shelly to turn into Willie Hanson, it's the one like Willie Hanson's somebody. <laughs>
1: right. Right. <laughs>
2: well i I
0: think it I think if she wins I think it I think it she it allows her to put up two new people that are on the other side of the house, and I think it's gonna be interesting. you know, I really feel like Austin has skated through uh what's your view on Austin at this point? I know that he's kind of being suckered by all uh Liz there, but you know do you feel like he's got a chance to make it to the end? Do you think the twins have a chance
1: um.
2: I mean, I think they'll make it pretty, like, in the middle, but I don't know if they'll win. But I think think if Austin wants to impress Liz, he should get rid of that beard and that that long hair.
0: Yeah, well, you know, Liz said something to him about it, and it hurt his feelings. And uh, now he's kind of bummed around and crying about it and being a crybaby because, you know, she said something about his beard and his hair. What
1: was that?
0: You know what? That's a great point. It is a very interesting twist between Caleb and Austin, where they're both kind of in love with somebody who's in love with somebody else, but it's one of those things where it's, I don't know. its I think Liz, in, in, in Austin's defense, I think Caleb was told, leave me alone. Caleb was told, I'm not interested in you, go away. And I think Austin's being let on, in which I give Austin a little bit of the benefit of the doubt then I think that Liz does return enough of his, you know, favor to make him believe that Liz might be actually truly interested in him. And I think he's coming from a legit place, whereas Caleb was kind of just crazy. Um, but I think it's a legit place, you know. I think he believes that Liz really does like him the same way he likes her. But he's going to realize that she's using him very soon. I mean, that's going to be – I'll tell you what's going to be crazy – Going back to what's going on right now, I think when Vanessa goes on the block, all hell's going to break loose. I mean, I cannot wait, wait for Vanessa to go on that block just for the fact that she's going to flip out, and she's going to throw everyone under the bus, and she's going to cause such a dramatic situation. She's going to absolutely go crazy. Do you see Vanessa absolutely losing it when she goes on the block, or you think I'm wrong? Oh,
2: no. She's going to go – she's going to go – uh same shit like Shima did that one year. Yes. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. It's going to be hell to pay in that house. And it even and you know what? It might even be where she starts throwing Shelly under the bus and throwing Shelly all over the place because Shelly's on the block next to her. And this thing's going to get, I think it could get kind of rowdy, man. I'm kind of up for it. I want to see what happens when Vanessa goes on the block. Because she totally thinks that Johnny Mac's going up and Johnny Mac's going to go home. And she thinks. It's funny because Vanessa's running around the house telling everybody what the plan is, but really the plan is to backdoor her. And I think she believes that if Johnny Mac goes up after Steve saves himself, that she'll be able to talk everybody into convincing everybody to to save Shelly. And it's going to be a complete reversal this week because Vanessa's going to go up and her and Shelly are going to be at each other's throats. I guarantee you, guarantee you it's going to be some action. It's going to be... Really great action in the house, I think this week. Hey,
2: Sam. Don't think you want to miss it. Yes. Man, if Johnny Mac w- w- wins Hoh, I'm probably going to start singing Return of the Mac. Oh my God, Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. <laughs> Return of the Mac.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I think he's safe right now, but I think we're getting to that point where Johnny Mac really has to turn out an Hoh. I think he knew he needed one. Thank God Becky won for him. But at the end of the day, I think he's really got to start realizing that he's got to take control of his own game. And I think Johnny Mac's going to have to turn around and win one of these HOHs. It's coming down. The clock is ticking because James might be kind of cool and collective and whatever if he survives another week. But James knows that Johnny Mac's kind of a threat to him. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised if the next big battle is between Johnny Mac and James because those two, if they're not going to team up, they're definitely not going to be willing to trust the other one right now, and they both can win comps. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens from here. Um, so that's what we got. Hey, man, I got to do a short show tonight. You got anything else you wanted to say, Mr. California? Oh, yeah, I got, I got, I got, I got two more things
2: to, to say, actually. All right, fire away, man. The floor is yours. Um, okay. Uh, metaphorically or literally before the floor mine?
0: Uh, metaphorically.
2: Yeah, I know, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, the, um, you know, I agree with you about, um, Nicole. I don't get why people liked her.
0: I don't either. It's awful. It's the same and, people who like Zach. I'm sorry. If you like Zach, I just don't
2: understand it. And, um, also, this was the first season I ever saw of Big Brother season 11. You know, I... I kind of wish Casey made it further in the game.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, the teacher, yeah, the rapping teacher, yeah. It was awful how Casey went home at eleven. It just, it was sad to watch, man, because that guy wanted to be there so bad. It was, it was awful. I hated watching Casey go home. I wish he'd have made it a little farther myself.
1: But no, we got
0: stuck with the Jordan winning. But anyway, hey, Mister California, I will see you Thursday. Don't forget Thursday night's going to be huge, man. We're going to get a double eviction. It's gonna be one uh-huh. hell of a show Thursday night. We're gonna have a lot of fun, man. So don't forget about me. No problem. All right, buddy. We will talk to you Thursday night. Uh-huh. Hey, folks. If you want to be included, we got a couple more minutes left. Nine one seven eight eight nine seven zero eight four. People tell me all the time. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. And guess what? You don't call because you get nervous. And that's why they write me back and they go, Well, you know, I got really nervous and I wanted to call, but you know, I got kind of weirded out. Don't get weirded out don't worry about it just call have a good time we're gonna have fun on here regardless anyway hey i'm gonna do my uh top 10 winners of all uh top 10 winners of big brother and i'm gonna let you guys go for the night thanks for listening we'll be right back after this commercial folks I gotta take two
1: Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune. Oh, yeah. So to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: All right. Uh, step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to
1: ride the wacky waterfall? That's just the bathtub with the showerhead running. Nope. It's the wacky waterfall. It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall.
2: Wacky.
0: There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to GEICO.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local GEICO office we Leopard for you. Um, okay. Hey, listen. I tell you guys on Sunday nights, and sometimes on Thursday nights, time permitting, I uh, I kind of like to break down a list of something, you know, or best fights. You know, sometimes I'll put something out there on Facebook and Twitter. I'll get a huge response back. I got a huge response on the fights. You know, your favorite fights, Big Brother. And I think I'm gonna do. You know, sometimes when you're sitting there thinking. Um, and it's dangerous to think that much. But when you think that you think too much, uh, you begin to come up with these weird ideas of lists and and whatnot. And one thing I've never done is uh, winners, uh, top ten winners, which is bound to get a backlash because there's some people on here you're probably not going to like. But I'm going to try to explain it my best way. Um, and like I said, when you're sitting down and I invite you to try to do it, sit down and give me your ten best winners, not your favorites, but just like, okay, if, I, if I'm, if i you know, not going to judge this a certain way and I just want to look at it as, you know, game players uh, or whatever, I'm not going to do it by personal feeling, you're going to have a really hard time coming up with a 10 list. You're going to tell me all day, this was easy, I had no problem with it. But you're going to have a problem with it because it's not best player. And best player just encompasses so much. I mean, you can do so much with best player. You know, you can talk about Danielle Reyes at that point. You can talk about Allison Irwin. You can talk about, uh, you know, Memphis. You can talk about Jason Guy, who I consider one of the best players ever to play, maybe even played a flawless game almost, in season three. And, you know, you can make the arguments. Why they should have won, why they didn't win, why they should get another shot, yada, yada, yada. Eric Stein, those kind of guys. It's really easy. In fact, you could get in there and start digging around with a list like that and kind of get lost in ten and kind of come, kind of back off and wonder, man, should so-and-so be number eight? Or, But when you talk about winners, it's a very select group. I mean, we're talking about right now 16 people who have won. Um, and maybe I'll do a list of runner-ups. Maybe I'll do a ten worst player list. That could be way longer than ten and probably not worth it. But, hey, I might even do best runner-ups. I actually like that list. It just popped in my head. I'll do a Best Runners Up for you guys maybe Thursday. Um, but this is the best winners of Big Brother. Um, and it's not an easy list to come by. In fact, I have a feeling that you're going to hate a couple of these, only because I'm going to explain my reasonings for them. They may not be good enough, but it's my list, and I'll do what I want to. Now, if you want to send in a list, you do it, too. Me Sam Big Brother After Show on Twitter Or I'm sorry BB After Show on Twitter Big Brother After Show on Facebook You know, Send me a message Post it on the boards Who cares uh, You know Send it through Twitter Post it to me on Twitter At BB After Show We'll have fun with it You can tell me you hate on my list I'm good with that But I'm going to give you my, my I'm going to give you my top two Because when I go to number three I'm going to feel the ground shake of anger uh, Of course your top two Is always you're going to be your top two Will is number one Dan is number two Now People complain that Dan's number two That's not fair That's not right It sure as hell ain't Derek Sorry It's not Um, And Derek's in this list It'd be wrong to not put Derek in this list And I've got him high on the list But not number one or number two And I just I don't understand it You guys want to argue with me That's fine But Will's the greatest player to ever uh, ever play the game Uh, Only because of two things There's you know, there's always a fight over Will and Dan. And there's a separation there that I think that Will is the kind of player that we will never see again. I think we could see another Dan again. Uh, Will's the type of guy that has the personality type that he really doesn't care if he loses. And that makes him extremely reckless. If you watch any of Will's seasons in 2 and 7, he's very much the type of player that really, really, really has no desire he wants to win, but the desire, that the, that the fear of failure does not bother him. In fact, if you watch season two, I get the feeling that Will's game doesn't even really start until he goes on the block. I mean, to him, it's nothing until you go on the block. When you go on the block, that's when you do your best work. And Will's always done his best work when he's on the block. Um, he's done some great work in between that, but he usually does his best work when he's in danger. Uh, Dan wants to run from the block as, as fast as possible. He doesn't want to be anywhere near it. You know, his game plan is pretty much the same as anybody's who's in Big Brother. Get away from the block as fast as you can. Uh, Will welcomes the block. He welcomes being nominated. Will won in season two without the without the benefit of power of veto. I think that's huge. I mean, people really really underestimate how much power of veto uh, changes the game. It's been a, it's been necessary for Dan to win his season. It's been necessary for Dan to come in second in season 14 using the power of veto to his benefit. Um, And so I just feel like when you've got somebody in the house that's as smart and as dangerous as Will, where he has no fear of losing the game, it makes that person untouchable. And so Will is number one, and we can go into a million reasons why Will's number one, and I can do it with you on Twitter or Facebook uh, or throw a message, which I get a ton of those. But we can argue all day about that, Um, but we're not going to right now. Uh number 2 of course I got to give it to Dan. I think Dan uh one of the reasons why I put Dan as number 2 is I think that Dan uses a lot of Will's tactics which although that's fair and fine and I would love to to actually be able to implement Will's tactics correctly like Dan has. Um Dan also was not the originator of a lot of things that he did. He just kind of he kind of took them another step where Will did them already. Um but Dan is somebody who I like because Dan also Uh, is capable of winning competitions when needed if you look at his season he had to win an HOH he made it happen if he had to win a POV he did it Uh, those are huge things when you look at somebody who's a competitor and a strategist Uh, Dan is the hybrid of a great competitor and a great strategist in one person Uh, he definitely can compete and he definitely can strategize but he definitely doesn't want to compete unless he really really has to uh, and he knows how important that second to last HOH is and he will try to win it every time. Uh gives him a lot of credit there. Uh and, and it's hard to deny, you know, with the funeral and, and the way that he was able to kind of lie cheating to steal his way into his seasons on ten and fourteen. And Dan just automatically is gonna take my solid number two. Uh now number three is where things get kind of kind of kind of shaky. Because I think when I look at winners and what they did in their seasons to win, i got to put Mike Boogie at number three because of what he did in Season 7. Now, everybody will sit there and say, well, you know, Will was playing in Season 7, and that's why Mike – no, uh-uh, no. I will tell you, Mike – Will didn't want to play Season 7. He had no desire to play Season 7. He went into Season 7 having a good time. He had denied going to play Season 7. He was asked to come back. He said no. Mike Boogie calls him and says, hey, look, I, I need to redeem myself. I'm embarrassed by the way I played in season two. I need you there to help me. I need my wingman. Production wants us back. CBS really wants us back. And whether it has to do with money, however it is, maybe Will's got a secret contract. I don't know. You have to ask Will. But the rumor is, is that Will has a much, a much, much lucrative contract when he returns. And seven, he got paid pretty good money weekly because they get paid weekly i got some pretty good weekly money to come back in seven, and so he comes back. But I did not feel any ounce of desire in Will to really win season seven. And maybe it was that Will didn't want to be on the block against Boogie at the end. Maybe he didn't want to be in the final two with Boogie because he was afraid that it would steal from Boogie. But if you watch season seven, Boogie plays a great game. He's winning HOHs. He's winning POVs. He's making deals. He's saving Will off the block on one occasion, for sure, uh, when it had to do with um, um, Chicken George, uh, he just really played lights out in Season 7. I invite anyone, and people argue with me all the time until they go back and really watch Season 7, unbiased, and they just watch it for what it is. They come back and they go, you're right. Boogie played a great game in Season 7. I consider him a great winner in Season 7, one of the best, and obviously my top three. Now, for all you complainers out there, I'm going to give you Derek at number four. I'm not going to beat Derek into the ground. You know how I feel about the Hitman? I think it's a joke. I like Derek. I like Cody. Probably great people. But as game players, I have to feel like they were clueless most of the season. Yes, he never got nominated. But that was just a really weird house of coat hangers. Nobody was willing to do anything. Nobody wanted to win. And I believe the only two people that wanted to win in Big Brother 16 were Frankie and Derek. As embarrassing as some people might find that, it's the absolute God's honest truth. I just feel like that the only two people who cared were Frankie and Derek. I mean, really. And they let Derek pretty much cakewalk all the way to the win. I give him credit because he wasn't ever nominated. That's credit where credit's due. But, uh, but as a winner, I'm not going to give him a top three spot. I'm just not going to do it. But I'm going to fight for him to be number four. Now, number five's probably going to upset people, too. I'm going to give it to Rachel. And why do I give it to Rachel? Because how does Rachel, although production probably was involved a little bit with Rachel's win, at the end of the day, Rachel shouldn't have even gotten as far as she did. I mean, can you imagine being in a house where Rachel walks in and she makes it to final four, much less final two? I got to give her credit where credit's due. When she needs to win and when she scorns, she does it. She's the annoying... She's the annoying twin of Janelle in her gameplay. Where I think Janelle is a little bit better strategy-wise, and they're both awful socially. But they both win when they need to. They're both very, very strong, competent females. They can play a game alone all day long. And I've got to give it to Rachel in that situation where so many people just disliked her. That how could she how could she have gotten that far? You got to give Rachel credit in that one. Uh, my next one. Uh, which may surprise some people, was June. Uh, June mainly because, you know, you see a floater strategy being used today, and it annoys the hell out of us, and I get that, but there was never anybody who perfected the floater strategy better than June did uh, in Season uh, 4. I mean, give it where credit's due. She's able to make a frenemy with Allison. They're able to get work done. And let me tell you something. One of the greatest finales of all Big Brother seasons is that season four finale where they actually are allowed to watch and jury the complete shows and get to see diary rooms. Holy hell. Folks, they absolutely lose their minds in season four when they find out everything that was said about them, how they were used and abused. Let me tell you something, you can take season four and it's a great season, but if you fast forward it to the very last episode you will be entertained. But i got to give June credit there. She perfected the floater strategy, which is used today. You can't deny it. you got to give credit for originators and original gameplay, and June had it. And I think if June played in another season, she would float right through to the Final Four again. She's that good. She gathers information from people. She uses it to her advantage. She cleans and cooks the house with no complaints, not one, because she knows at the end of the day people are going to rely on her and they're going to overlook her. And they're gonna carry her right down to the end and before they know it she's sitting there. So I gotta give June a lot of credit for that. Uh, my next one's gonna be uh my next one's gonna be Andy. And people get upset, man, they hate that I put Andy on the top ten. Because let's face it, Andy's not the nicest guy on Twitter and Andy you know, a lot of people considered Andy a rat. But here's the thing. Big brother's a lot about being a rat. Big brother is a huge part about being a rat. mean, a lot of it is giving people information. A lot of it is manipulating information. A lot of it is sticking with people who are in power at the moment and realizing who's calling the shots. I give Andy tons of credit. I may not follow him on Twitter because it gets on my nerves, but I give credit where credit's due. There's one thing that people say about me, Sam, you are very unbiased when you make your opinion. I believe that I am. If you don't agree with me, call me. I'll listen to what you have to say, but Again, this is my list. You can make your own. I would love to see it, and I am genuinely interested. But Andy was somebody who controlled the flow of information in the house. The flow of information in the house is one of the most underrated parts of the game. People who control the flow of information, manipulate it and twist it, are people who are very, very good social players because they're trusted. If you can't see the credit that Andy Herron deserves for his win in Season 15, you're crazy. There's not another player that was more trusted than Andy throughout the entire season. No matter what happened, no matter how many times things ended up almost flying back on him, he was able to balance it all out. I got to give Andy a, a top 10. I really, really do. Um, so Andy is sitting at my, what, one, two, three, four, five, s- seven spot. Uh, number eight, Evil Dick. Got to give Evil Dick credit. He started the bullying strategy, and I will always believe that a little bit of Amanda in 15 was inspired by by Evil Dick. I think that Amanda wanted to bully people. I think that was a strategy she was using, and it's a good strategy if you can pull it off, and she was able to do it for a little while. But there's nobody better at the bully strategy than Evil Dick. I mean, he's going to kind of come at you hard, confuse you, make you not sure, and he's going to throw targets everywhere. Uh, And he understands the game. There's one thing about Evil Dick, whether you love him or hate him, is that that man understands the game backwards and forwards. I mean, he's, he's an Ian with a rougher image, okay? He really knows what he's talking about. He loves the game. He really does love it deep down like the rest of us. And uh, is when, although people feel like, and that's why I put him down at 8, he would be much, much higher if we would just realize that Evil Dick won because production was involved with Eric Stein's POV that season, and it saved him. It really did because Eric Stein was going to get him put up and they were going to vote him out, and production stepped in, and it's a whole other thing that we can talk about later. But uh, Evil Dick's win is a little bit bit slighted by some people, Um, and I'll give you that. Um, So to hurry through this thing, number nine, I've got Hayden. Nine is Hayden, and here's why. And I would love to see Hayden play again. Very, very, very few people get into a four-person powerful alliance like he did, uh, the Brigade few people win when they need to win he was able to do that and few people are able to have such a great social game Hayden on a lot of levels almost checks every box in a winner that you kind of want to believe can win the game if you look at somebody socially check you look at somebody competitively when they need to be competitive check somebody who's smart enough to get an alliance check two of his alliance members end up going I think final four if I remember three of them (coughs) excuse me three of them end up in final four I mean, that's pretty incredible. I mean, it deserves a lot of credit right there. Final two ends up being people from the brigade. Hayden was a better player than Lane, although I, I enjoyed Lane a lot more as a viewer than Hayden. Um, but Hayden's great socially. He almost checks off every part of it. People liked him socially, and he had a strategy, and he used it. Um, and he didn't let things shake him. Um, and, you know, he had a little showmance, and when that girl was voted out, I can't remember her name. I have to look it up. But when she was voted out, it didn't really phase him too much. He just kind of kept rolling. Um, and so i got to give Hayden credit as number nine. Number ten is going to really, really shake pillars. It's really going to shake the pillars of, of, big, of big brotherdom. I give it to Maggie. Go ahead. I'm going to let you gasp for a second. Yes, Maggie. I give it to Maggie mainly because if you go back and watch season six, Maggie had no business being in a Final Four and had no business being in a Final Two. Until you realize that Maggie, when she was pissed off, became a field general on the other side of the house of the Friendship Alliance. She became the field general, and she commanded her troops tremendously well. She was able to get that alliance moving in the right direction. She was able to keep everybody focused on the right things. She was able to direct her anger at the right people. She was able to do everything she needed to do to get to that final two. And against a vet, she was going to win. So, Maggie, I give number ten. Those are my top ten. Other people, you know, look. I know people are going to say Ian deserves a spot. I, I really don't think that. I really don't. Uh, you know, I believe that Ian was where he was because Dan put him there. Uh, you know, Dan decides to flip that uh, that nomination or that vote to send Shane home, which I think was one of was the last great moment of Big Brother. That was the last great moment of Big Brother when Shane is completely blindsided by the POV being used uh, from um, Danielle Murphy being used on him to take him off the block so Shane goes up. He guarantees Danielle he's going to send Ian home. He doesn't. He flips the script and sends Shane home. Very strong play for Dan. The right play for Dan because I don't think Dan wins against Shane either. But Ian is where he was because Dan put him there, and I like Ian as a person. I love him on Twitter. I think Ian is a is a is a sharp, sharp guy. I like him a lot, but I cannot give him a top ten. I can't, I can't. He rode with that that uh, uh, whatever Duck Alliance thing, the Quack Pack thing that they had, which was one of the annoying, most annoying alliances I've ever seen in my life. It was just awful. Um, and you know he kind of turns on Boogie, although that was great for him. I don't know that it was a great strategic move at that moment. I think he really should have rode. I think he really should have rode on the back of Boogie and Frankie Frank a little bit longer in that season. I think he actually turned a little too too early. But he kind of gets a safety net in the group that he's in. He finds an alliance. Good for him. But I don't think that end game was very strong for Ian. I don't think it was a strong end game at all. Um, another one I would like to mention, too, is Lisa. I would totally give Lisa credit. Uh, and I'm very scorned by the fact that Danielle Reyes did not win, and I'm sure she hears it all the time. But Lisa really made some bold moves at the end of Season 3 to get where she was in a position to win. And was she deserving of her win? I think that their three, the, the final three is probably the best final three we've ever had between Jason, Danielle, and Lisa. Let's face it, Danielle wasn't going to win against Jason either. At the end of the day, that was a great final three, a fantastic final three. Those were the three best players in the house by far. Once Eric's kicked out of the house and Lisa decides not to let Eric come back in, Lisa gets complete street cred, okay? She did a lot of things she had to do. She played under the radar. She mastered the under the radar strategy, in my opinion, and then when it mattered, she would not let go of a key for anything. She was holding on to that last key in that HOH competition. She wins. She smartly takes uh, Danielle with her. Jason goes home. Lisa's a very, very smart player. I think she's very deserving, and I think she gets a bad mark. It's not fair. But that also goes to why I think Season 3 is one of the best seasons they've ever done. So, those are my top ten folks. I think next week, like I said, I think I'm going to do the best um, I don't know if it'll be 10 because it's a little long-winded, but we'll do like uh, five or six best runner-ups. How about that? Maybe I'll have that for you on Thursday. Listen, folks, another great show. Thank you so much. I want to thank my caller, uh, Mr. California. Uh, I want to encourage you to kind of get off the messages to me and call. You guys send me messages all day. Somebody's upset that I put Derek so low already. Um, These things pop up as I'm talking. But, um, you know, listen, call. It'll be a fun time. You'll, You'll have a great time. If you don't, that's fine. But it's nice when you do. Folks, thanks so much for coming. Uh, coming. Thanks for so much for listening. We'll see you Thursday night. Thursday night's going to be awesome. 10.30 Eastern Time. It's about 30 minutes after the eviction on Eastern Time. Give you some time to get on Facebook and chat, chitty chat with your friends. Be chatty Cathy's. Then when you get, when you kind of get the excitement down to another level where you can actually come on and listen to me, that's when I go on the air. 10.30. It's double eviction, folks. I think Vanessa's going home, and let's keep our fingers crossed that Shelley wins the second part of HOH to keep things entertaining, because right now, the meat of the season is right here. We're at the very, very part. We're getting into jury. We're going to see people come back, and I'd honestly like to see Vanessa come back. So if we can keep shelling the house, Vanessa comes back, man, it could be hell, it could be hellaciously awesome. I think this Vanessa thing going up, when she goes up on the block, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that. So there's a lot of really good show left. We're going to see you on Thursday. It's going to be a blast, folks. Thanks so much for joining me. Big Brother After Show. We'll see you Thursday, folks. Bye bye.